Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's podcast, I'd love for you to check out my band, Run With It. It's Run With It at Run With It Band, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, all the places you follow people at. And don't forget to check out our EP that's up on all the streaming services. You can find that if you go to runwithitband.net, runwithitband.net. And for today's episode, we have Brooks Neria. Brooks is a songwriter, producer, guitarist, and one of the singers for a group called The Darters. Brooks, originally from Joplin, Missouri, is also now a teacher of English in Madrid. He has spent the last several years living in different places and putting himself in different unique situations that have taught him many valuable lessons. His unique travels provide a wide perspective that he in turn applies to his own songwriting. His band, The Darters, has released two singles and plans to release more tracks as they hit the road for their upcoming summer tour. In today's episode, Brooks shares how fly fishing actually started his nomadic lifestyle and how that lifestyle has inspired his personal growth and creativity. We also talk about songwriting, producing, and essential keys to finding success in life and in music. And make sure you guys stay tuned at the end of the podcast because we're actually going to play one of their songs called Spook Light. It's a great song and it's a great episode, so enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. You're, are, are you out in Madrid right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. No, I, that's I crazy. Just lunch. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's different. Now, what's the what's but, the time difference there um, from Midwest? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in KC, so it would be, uh, what is it, nine o'clock there? Yeah. So it's seven hours. It's four. Oh, that's 4 not too here. bad. For some reason, no, I just think of Madrid all. like so far away that it, yeah, I just yeah, I was like, is yeah, it tomorrow not, there? Is are you terrible. in the future? No, no, <laughs> only like only like when you're going like if I'm I sleep into the future, but you guys are going to bed. But it's not terrible at all. Like we like all the like we our band has all the meetings and stuff and la di la di da, but it's not bad right. at all. Yeah, that, I I was in the Middle East uh, briefly, and that was a head really? trip because it was literally what were you doing? like. Uh, we played a show out in Doha, Qatar, uh, what? for, uh, it was for the LOD air force base out there and oh which was God. really, it, it was a trip, man. I loved was it. Was that with, was that with run with it? Yeah, that was run with it. It's been several years back now, but, but man, I, awesome. that was such a trip. Cause I would be going to bed and calling my wife and she's making breakfast for the kids. Cause it was yeah. so far. I don't know why my timer just went off, but so now is your, is your band like still back in Joplin, like for the listeners, uh, yeah. you, you yeah. are okay. yeah. originally from Joplin, uh, but yeah. out in Madrid currently, but they're all back in um, Joplin. Yeah. They're in the area. Um, but mostly Joplin centric. Um, and yeah, we're like, I mean, they get together rhythm section jams, um, guitar guys do their thing. And then now that like, so it's the 19th of May. Yeah. Um, our first show is the 15th of July. Um, and so they're going to have a couple practices and then I, I'm a teacher here. And then, so my school year doesn't end until mid to late June. Okay. So then I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm over here. I'm, it's kind of funny, man. I'm like that guy with the acoustic guitar in the park. who's like singing way too loud. Cause it's like, I but you just practice. make it, you, you know took it I mean? international though. That was the thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like, I never wanted to be that guy, but then I was like, 
I have to practice and I can't just Absolutely. like sit, sit in my bedroom and kind of hum it. Like I have to actually make sure like when we go out, cause I only have like two or three pr- like weeks of actual practicing with them before we start our little like run. We only got like, I think we'll have 14 shows. That's awesome summer. though. But, yeah, That's a great, great way to come back home yeah. and, and no, rock I'm, it out. I'm but- super excited, man. But dude, that practicing is so important, you know, and that's what we, we always emphasize. Like when we get together, it's rehearsal. Like we shouldn't yeah. be learning our parts. Everyone should know their oh, shit. Yeah. And exactly. like, and they you all come together. Exactly. I remember being in the airport and I saw this bass player. He had his bass out and he was just jamming. I don't know if he had headphones in with like a little amp or something, man. He was just running yeah. scales. It was like six in the morning. Well, I was like, I mean, that, that well, dude is a badass. The guys <laughs> who are at that level, like that's what they do, man. You know what it's I mean? so like, true. But, but yeah, so. Gotta make sure I'm caught up and not the. Yeah, you gotta put that. You gotta put that work in. So you, Mm -hmm. it sounds like you've lived a very interesting life already, just kind of popping around. Like, how did you end up uh, from Joplin in Madrid? So, I don't know. Like, I don't really. I never really thought I'd like have a travel bug type of thing, and I really don't think I do. But I started traveling a bunch when. I was really into fly fishing in high school. Um, and like, this is a weird way to start. And I was into music, but like for the longest time. <laughs> That's why I, I, I like, smiled yeah. really big because I was <laughs> like, I love that his story started with, I was into fly fishing and somehow yeah. it's going to get to music and yeah, it'll in get Madrid. To it. I, lo- <laughs> yeah, it, I love it. Like, um, so you can just fly fishing. You can catch anything you can catch with on a regular fishing rod, but kind of ideal not ideal but like the sport comes from catching trout and there are very few places like in our neck of the woods like in the midwest where you can find trout and they're there but they're usually there artificially and there's not that many of them and so going east west to essentially like higher elevation colder water areas is what to do if you're actually looking to like get up your trout game and whatnot um and so after like freshman year of college, I had moved to Yellowstone on like a work and travel program. Like all the lodges and stuff out there are vended and employed by the same company or a couple companies. And just went out and I was a chef and I, it was like terrible hours. It was like 60 hours a week. But when you weren't working, you, I mean, you that's not terrible, fish. terrible. That's not terrible, terrible. But yeah, when you weren't working, you were like in Yellowstone hiking or whatever. And it was that's nice. Amazing. That was a great music scene for me too. Like I'd always played, but like I didn't get into it into it until I was there because a lot of those like nomad types are big players, you know. Um, yeah. A lot of deadheads. They play every song and like big blues kids and like stuff like that and just get off work at like one a.m. and jam until like five a.m. and then go to sleep and wake up at one p.m. and then go to work again. <laughs> and then on the weekends it was, and then on it the was weekends, you're hiking and fishing yeah and all that outdoorsy stuff but yeah that actually sounds like a really great time like it is especially like you said you were is your freshman year you were like 18 19 at the moment yeah yeah and i got a couple buddies to go out with me and so it was like it was a blast man. but that's but yeah, awesome. was, i i then, really want to get out there to yellowstone we've talked yeah, about one of our hey, family vacations going out there yes. we always try to go to like uh different spots and i hear so many good things about how it's unbelievable man it's unbelievable like it's like like over here everyone's like all right like if i'm going to the u.s like what should i do i was like you need to get in a car and you need to road trip across the west and like see yellowstone or like see california like you need to go out you need to see the nature because like cities in the u.s are great but like the thing i think 
at least from where I've been, I've been like all over the place, but I think the nature is probably like the biggest thing that the U.S. has. Yeah, and absolutely. Like West Coast is amazing because you start at the bottom of California, go all the way up to Washington. It just, oh my God. You can take the one into Canada. It's like absurd. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, if you start in the deserts of California and work your way up, you get, literally get to see yeah. so many different ecosystems and just yeah. amazing beauty. It's amazing, though, you don't tell them to go to Joplin. Is that not what you're telling well, them to do? Shit. Is that I mean, no? <laughs> I, say, I say, like, hey, people are nicer there than most places. But um, other than that, man, like, not a whole lot of reason to be there. I mean, That's it's true. a great place, but if you only got a limited time. You're like, if you don't if you don't know anybody there, you might not want to. Yeah, there, exactly. So. It's a great, great great place to like meet people and go to a bar but hell yeah so how nice long were you in yeah. uh yellowstone was it just one season just a few months yeah just like a working season went back to school in the fall and then i moved i had like gotten lucky and i got in a scholarship to study abroad so i moved to a place called malta spring semester okay. which was spring 2020 so it was there for oh, a wow. months covid blew up like and malta for anyone listening who doesn't know, and I, this is not meant to be patronizing, because I had no idea what it was till they were like, hey, you're going to Malta. And I was like, <laughs> how do you spell that? And, um, but I had no idea what it was. It's like this little archipelago south of Italy, this little island country. And so when COVID like got, got to Europe, per se, like the big blow up initially was in Italy. And so, oh, like, wow. that's right, because they were losing yeah, a lot of people, like a lot of older Northern generations. Italy. Yeah, exactly. In Lombardia. And, like, so the thought for Malta, well, and you just remember how crazy it was. It was like, no one knew it was, there was no precedent, yeah. you know? Everyone was freaking out. It was yeah. crazy, crazy. And it was like, the thought was like, it's going to get to the island, to Malta, which is one of the most densely populated places in Europe. And it's just going to tidal wave the place and kill everybody. And so, like, we all got pulled out, um, came back home. I was still doing like school online. I right. moved out to Arizona that summer just because I was like, gotta get out of here. Might as well go. <laughs> like, I've never been to the desert and I had some family out there. And went out there and then finished school. And then, um, and then yeah, did a bunch of music stuff this, not, well, I guess, I guess it's almost a year ago now, past summer. And then got a job teaching English in Spain. So, yeah. That's awesome. Now yeah. for you, do you foresee this, like this, uh, nomad kind of traveling, uh, way of life? Do you see it as like the next few years or is it, I don't know. I don't know. What's your, what's your vision there? It's like, I don't have much of a vision. Like I have a few like things to do. Like I need to make sure I'm making more than I'm spending. Yep. That's, that's I need always to make positive. sure I need to make sure like the band thing, like I'm giving it its full, chance because the reason i moved to spain was because like most of our guys were still in school this mm-hmm. year like i graduated early and it was just like school picked up and a lot of them are like double majors and had tons of class and i just knew it was like all right probably trading like some shows but probably not any recording yeah and much else um to go and so i went um and we've been recording mobily and it's honestly like great like we're, we're lucky we have like four of our guys like are very solid like auto engineers like self-engineers awesome. and they can do their own shit um i'm sorry i don't know 
yeah. Oh, you... well, I do know actually, but I yeah. probably shouldn't though, because I am I'm in education. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> you say whatever you you want <laughs> okay. or don't want to say in there. It's okay. it, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, so we do that, and then we've been playing the tour. But like, and then I mean, I guess maintain the relationships that I need want to see long term. Those three things. So be good responsibly financially and give the band thing its full shot and then make sure relationships are going well with family friends that's awesome Whatever. well and it's cool to see how technology and way things have developed um yeah. allows this and and if anything that covid gave us if there's any kind of silver linings i think it opened up the doors for people to see like hey we can access people anywhere in the world you know and yeah. i have a friend who used yeah, to only before, write in nashville no right <laughs> Yeah, I had a friend who would only write in Nashville or in Austin. And then during COVID, he's like, I can't go anywhere. They just had a new baby. And next thing you know, he's finding oh, himself yeah. like writing people like with people from Sweden and Germany and, okay. and doing all these different collaborations he never would yeah. have done. And it it opened an amazing thing. I yeah, think Zoom what's is great. God. what's great. really cool about your story is is well, wait, no, I'll rewind a little bit. So like for me. I love writing. So like I'll go through seasons of just constant writing. Like there was one season where I, I forced myself to do two songs a day for like two or three months. It was just like, boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 going. But I kept hitting a wall all of a sudden. Like at first it was really productive. And then I just hit a wall And a friend of mine. I called him up. He's a producer and songwriter out in Nashville and is getting his advice. And he's like, bro, you need to stop writing and you need to like take your kids to the park and like go okay, on some trails. Yeah. You need to go. He's like, you got to live life. And the only way to really like create something that's going to connect with someone is that you yourself are experiencing life. And how do you see your travels thus far influencing your creativity and your songwriting? Creativity? Oh, well, what? Like the obvious thing is just like more to pull from. Um, That's like the obvious one. But then... I don't know. It's nice to one really nice thing about like moving to a new place is like the anonymity, I think. And like literally no one you could drop dead and no one's going to care. And that's like can get lonely at times, but it's <laughs> like also, that's it's the like, dark side of it. But <laughs> It's very perspective lending. You know what I mean? Like you can literally just watch whatever you want. Um, and then I guess kind of the cliche one is like perspective, I guess, you know, yeah, being on. But um, definitely, I mean, but it's kind of, I don't know, I'm not, as far as writing goes, like, that's why I got into the whole music thing at all. Um, like, that's why I bought my, like, first guitar and whatever, mm-hmm. was just to, like, man, this poetry is pretty meh, but if I had music behind it, it'd be all right, you know? Um, <laughs> if I could sing this poetry, yeah, it would be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And then, but just... Uh, I don't know. And then I'll like, I guess this isn't a writing thing, but like a musical thing, the traveling thing, like to be able to like, like I, I have a jam group and like the other day, this French guy texts in a group chat and he's like, Hey, um, my buddy has a bunch of old, like traditional Jewish music. Um, and we need a guitar. And he was like, Brooks, you can bring your mandolin if you want. I'll be on clarinet and we need a percussionist. And just like stuff like that all the time. That like, sounds like a fun day. Music. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know what the stuff's gonna. If it's got chords, I can follow along. But just like, right. The I mean the 
absurdly juxtaposed like musical come-ups of the people you find to play with like at different places pretty cool and it just like it's like playing in the church as far as like you get it just makes your chops be there you know what i mean yeah um well i imagine just expands your notion of really what music is you know yeah i think that's amazing i always get stuck on like progressions like i'll have a melody and i'll be like sick man awesome and then i'll go and like hash it out and it's like that's great but now that i've got this progression this melody is pretty much working with the same progression that i've worked with for like three songs you know what i mean right and like just having like especially with traditional music because you can you can like popify anything and make it more presentable with traditional music from all over the place it's really like nice to just have other chord changes thrown in your face um enforced on you i guess because i default i default to like uh countryish blues like doom right. doom doom and well, that's how all of us have our defaults and that's i that's why i love involving so many different people in the process because i def- i default to like 90s like like rock kind of vibe it's just <laughs> yeah it, that's yeah that's my some of my favorite music but at the end of the day I love all different kinds of music and that's not really like the most marketable thing right now. So it's fun to like yeah. bring my nineties esque song, the bones of it to like a producer. And then they are like, Hey, how do we bring this into 2022 Miguel? Let's, yeah, let's, no. let's shape this in cool. a, a different way. Now I'm curious on you. You had said something before about the traveling with the anonymity uh, that in that being kind of like this positive thing. And for me, I, I kind of want to dive in there and get your thoughts behind that because one reason I actually enjoy touring, the more I've, I've reflected on it. Cause I'm, I'm like 41 and I still love touring. I still love like just going and going and going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but one thing I realized that I loved about it was the idea that like I'm in a new place and that new place allows for me to like explore different parts of my personality. Maybe I was too afraid. Sure. Uh, I well, didn't yeah, know for you, what, what are the positive what are the positive parts of that anonymity of a new place for you? Well, like, uh, you can, there's no, well, I mean, I, I'm from like a suburb of Joplin. My parents worked at the schools I went to and it was like, not great. And like, I love my parents. They're great. I love like super great, like childhood, everything. Um, do not get me wrong on that. No complaints, but it is like now there are people, I mean, not now, but like when you move somewhere that and you meet people, there are people who are going to know it. their connection to your parents is you. Not everyone you know's connection to you is by your parents. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, it's not just with parents, but just in general. And then also getting to probably put your best foot forward. That's pretty nice. Um, and not being around people who remember yeah. when you like fucked up something in like eighth exactly. grade kind of thing. Because exactly. <laughs> man, the the stuff I fucked up in eighth grade, man, you would not believe it. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Well, and just it's not like you're like, you know, shape shifting to a new person. It's just like exactly. It's like, what do I want to be like? You know what I mean? Like, okay, let's do that. There's no baggage, which is right. pretty nice. Um, but yeah. Well, and that's, I remember after I graduated, I went to New Orleans for a while, uh, and it was one of those scenarios where I barely knew anyone, and it was really cool. It, it allowed me to, like, explore different parts of my personality, and, and then I moved back home for a while, 
And it was one of those yeah. things where everyone knew my mom. I'm from a small town in Kansas, you know, yeah. and again, I'm where, like, where are, you we had a, where are you from? I uh, I'm originally from Junction City, Kansas. Okay. It's uh, oh, wow. just outside so Manhattan. A small town. Yeah, 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 yeah small town vibe. And I realized all of a sudden everyone still it felt like everyone still looked at me. Like, even though I was Same, like 23, yeah. 24, they looked at me as like, oh, I remember 12 year old Miguel who used to mow my lawn. You're not a yeah, real exactly. like adult kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, there's no complaints with that, I guess, but it's just like, it kind of inhibits your ability to just have a regular relationship at times. You know what I mean? And right. If someone's kind of stuck on this version of you that maybe they knew better or just more acquainted with. But yeah, it's absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, something else you mentioned in there of being in a new place was the idea of perspective. Um, what what are like one or two ways that you feel like your perspective has changed in some of these tra travels to like Yellowstone, Arizona, and Madrid? Uh, I, I mean, people are, and I don't think, I didn't like, I guess no one, not a whole lot of people think people are super different from one another based on cultural and stuff, but um, mm -hmm. people are shockingly, like, human. I, that sounds so stinking corny, um, but shockingly <laughs> consistent. Like, people are people. People are people. Like, and that's it. You know what I mean? And sure, there are, like, a few, like, cuts and stuff, and, right. and people are doing well, or people are not doing so well, but people are pretty... Human is the only thing I can say. You know is I mean? it like the, not, there's not a sharp consistency of... The consistency of like personalities that you run into yeah, is, exactly. it, is that what yeah. you're getting at like yeah like kinda. oh i remember meeting that person in yellowstone and but this kind of person yeah. is now here in madrid sure, that, yeah thank you for putting that <laughs> i didn't know if that was, I was struggling to articulate it yeah but like once you peel back like language stuff and culture stuff and cities right. versus rural yeah people are pretty and then look good i think but yeah but that's probably the biggest thing and then just um it's funny to like, over time, I don't know, it's funny to move and then be like, man, I was so wrong about this or that. Not like a trivial thing, but like a worldview thing. You know what I mean? Or something you yeah. just took for granted. Um, Is there anything in particular uh, that sticks out for you that was kind of a uh, paradigm shift for uh, you? I don't know. I was definitely, um, I took for granted the job of music scene because it hmm. took me a while to like find people to play with here. Um, and I'm not doing, we don't do games or anything. I'm just, just a big jam group pretty much. And every once in a while, I'm open mic or something, but yeah, definitely took for granted, um, how musical the place I'm from is. And I don't know, I'm not, it's not always about music, but that was a big one. That was a big one. Like, so in a sense, when, got a when you seat. had it, <laughs> when you had to start from scratch with a community, it yeah, helped you and just, that. like I got into a Facebook group of like teachers, who play music like foreign teachers play music and went to some of those and like did not well i mean it wasn't like it went poorly it was just like i'm probably not going to come back to this jam you know what i mean and then i finally like <laughs> met this guy and we just we just like we got a song coming out june 17th and he plays sax on it this guy is from france he's a really cool guy um but i got in with him and he's been here for a little longer and he's got a circle on we play a lot and it's, it was nice to finally like, fine. It's just music is so much better when you play with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like honestly, like the only thing 
as far as live stuff, like I love playing live. It's great. Awesome. And obviously like you have to, if you want to make any money, but I would be super happy, like just writing and producing songs. Like that's right. what it's about for me is like the creation process. And my favorite thing about any aspect of live stuff is like a jam environment for sure. Not even close. Like that's... not even close. But yeah. Now I'm curious, like going now you're in Madrid, but get getting to this idea of Joplin, right? In the community that's yeah. Yeah. that has built up there. It's really interesting. Obviously Fox Royal is yeah. uh is one of the bands that that i got connected with originally in joplin yeah it's and, guys on a bus right yeah guys on a bus I, I i found your podcast when caleb was on yeah and he's that was amazing he he's a very very hilarious dude i love he's his a vibe. very funny man <laughs> <laughs> he had me rolling but uh and i miss i just missed him they had messaged me they were here in kansas city and i didn't get the message oh, yeah, they the were next at day. rhino they were at the rhino weren't they I, that one, or I, day, I think so. this one was Record Bar. A record and Bar. Then, oh, oops. And they're back <laughs> next week. We're actually playing a secret show with them uh, next oh, Wednesday. Nice. So for so far, nice. which is uh, nice. very exciting. I can I, say that on the on the podcast because yeah. this will drop. No, like well, I, half, I, so. I need to ask you about. I need to ask you about so far. Like, how is it? Like, it I so I love this, it. Okay, it, walk. Could you walk me through like a? <clears throat> beginning to end so far gig like it was from booking to well in so i'll i'll start kind of on the thirty thousand feet so so far and for listeners uh, it's called so far sounds uh and you can check them out i think it's so far.com or so far sounds.com and essentially what it is it's a organization that is literally all over the world it's in almost every major city in the world and they have volunteers who lead it and what they've done is they have cultivated their own following of of their shows. Like basically they've gained a reputation for for curating amazing like shows. And basically you just know it's gonna be good. You know it's gonna be in a really cool location. It's always in a different location. And that's all you know. And so you sign up to be like so if you, say you're here in Kansas City or you're in Madrid and they have a so far okay. Madrid, I'm sure. So you you sign up for Madrid's uh, so far email list and then they'll send you out an email when there's a show coming up. Like for ours, it was it was May 25th. So what they did is they sent out an email that said May 25th, there's a show. Do you want to go or not? <laughs> and that's all you know. Okay. You don't know where it's at. You you know, it's in your city. That's a, that's it. Um, and like, that's all, you know. So you you sign up and I just found out two days ago. Ours is like sold out already. And it's. And that's what's cool about it is they've curated such an amazing following that almost all their shows do. Um, and then then like the day of, they'll get an email. You, if you purchase one of the tickets, you'll get an email that says it's at this address, it's at this time, and here are the bands. And then people come in, and they're almost always in like a very eclectic, like a, you know, a downtown loft, uh, or like for ours is in a, uh, it's a small coffee shop. Uh, that's got a really cool community vibe with a garage that opens up outside. So it's like this really cool, intimate vibe. And oh. it's all stripped down music. So like for us, we're allowed like jump around crazy, yeah, yeah. light shit on fire. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally yeah. like, you know, uh, but ours, we're going to be doing, I'll be playing acoustic. My electric player will be playing just electric, like clean with some delay. Okay. And then our drummer will have like a drum pad and he'll be doing like oh, beats shit. and shit off the, yeah. the drum pad. So it's all stripped down. 
And uh, and then the people who show up are just obviously they they love. Well, music. I mean, the, like, the, the guy, yeah, they're music people in the scene. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I love. And it's so it's a great way to tour, especially artists who are listening, listening to this. Like, if you're on the road and you need a, a gig somewhere in the middle of the week, because they typically do them like Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, that kind of vibe. Like I did Portland as a solo, and I'd never been in Portland before, and I played for like seventy people. Uh, and 70 people who are like locked in, like, they're just like, I want new music. I want to know what yeah. you're about. Like, and as opposed to like, you've done the trading shows, it sounds like, you know, where like yeah, sometimes yeah, you go yeah. open for some band, you know, in San Antonio and 10 of their friends might stick around or come early and watch you. You don't know. It's not that that's necessarily bad. It's just, man, it's, it's such a powerful tool. Now, as far as financially, uh, that's where they get some of the bad uh, press because they they usually pay like 100 150 bucks which isn't a ton okay yeah. um but it to me it's about the long game because at the end of the day it's about cultivating well, yeah a it's about return fan. yeah return fans and part of it too the strategy is like so uh i did portland but then COVID hit but like the idea was first time in portland do so far show get emails get connected with people then the next time you come to Portland, you already got like a fan base that is a, excited about like what a, you're doing. Like a regular gig the second time type of deal? Like yeah, like maybe do a club gig. Or do, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. And and the other the other benefit is almost everyone involved in the leadership. Like, for example, our people in so far uh, here in Kansas City, they're folks who book shows. They're They're literally like agents and like promoters and they do shows okay. all the way from sprint center to, to like <laughs> like yeah. they do huge ass shows like club shows but they're doing the so far thing because they're just passionate about music and about helping younger artists and newer artists get going so yeah i i am kind of a I, i'm a huge fan not even a kind of I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of it <laughs> yeah the, the fox royale boys have like mentioned it and it was just yeah, you should definitely, while you're out there, I would say definitely reach out and uh, get connected, at least get to the show. Um, if not, try to get on some shows because, man, yeah. that's where I've even looked overseas. I want to get back overseas with the band, and that will probably be part of the strategy with it as well. Okay, so, yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah, definitely check them out. Awesome. And all those no, yeah, who are thanks. listening in bands, thanks. definitely check it out as well. And if you're just a music fan listening, uh, check out your local so far because – yeah, it's like Billy. There's there's one in L.A. where Billie Eilish, before she was Billie Eilish, was sitting on a stool with her, with Phineas, you know, her brother, playing so far acoustic show? guitar, and that was a fucking so far show. <laughs> and then every That's once crazy. in a while, Ed Sheeran will like pop into one, um, just in like someone's fucking living room playing for 70 people you know weird stuff like that which is yeah no that's that's wild. really cool <laughs> that's that's amazing no yeah I'll definitely do that especially for yeah stripped down stuff. I love oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> now, are you getting to do any more traveling or is it going, are you headed right back? Um, oh, and never mind. You just said that before. You're headed right back here because you guys hit the road and get on tour. Yeah, yeah, we hit the road. I mean, we got, then we got eight dates right now. We're looking to fill like eight more. And most right of on. those are like kind of, this is kind of our first time like really running around. It's always been kind of, we've always been more of like, I don't know if you've listened to our stuff, but we've always been more yeah, of like a recording band. Like that's kind of what. Thanks, man. Thanks. But we're always more like a recording project. Right. Um, and we play some shows, sure. But like, 
but now it's time to take it out to the world. Totally different. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like the recording stuff's great, but kind of in all of our like life timelines, this summer was mm-hmm. like, oh snap, we could. Uh, <laughs> we, we like all of us are going to be working jobs where we can maybe take a day or two off, and all of us are just out of school or whatever, and like we could actually cover some ground and like do the thing, you know, do the thing. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, and that's like one I, thing I love. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, like, I love, like, we love the, like, recording project-based thing. Like, I do. I love it. Like, I love being able to work with, like, a violin player, and you have a DAW. I mean, unless you're recording with tape, you can put as many stinking tracks as you want. You know what right. I mean? I love, like, making seven-part harmonies and making chords with, like, instruments. But obviously, the other side of you, you just want to be in like a punk band, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's and like, let's just plug just, it in and rock the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I love looking at each, I, I love looking at recording and playing live as like two different art forms in a way. Like yeah, where sure. it's, that is it's so like true. when we first got into the studio as a band, it was like, we were always trying to figure out, well, how would we do this live? And finally, it was just like at that point where it's like, why don't we just shut up and let's just ask how we make the best fucking song in the studio that we can. And then it was like once that album was done, we actually we didn't even listen to it. It went to mixing, mastering, you know, all that. We just divorced ourselves from it for like four months. And then we came back. And then the question was, well, now, how do we do these live? And and so we started like kind of tearing apart the songs and then putting them back together to recreate them in a live a live setting for a different purpose and honestly both both of those approaches if if i'm in the studio and you ask me what's my favorite i probably say recording then if i'm getting ready to do some live shit and and we're going to go play a show i'll probably say it's live but it's just okay, each one gotcha. has it each one has its own i think special approach in art form to it you know you're you're right like you're a show you are entertainment like yeah you need to make sure people have a good time it, it doesn't matter why they have a good time. You happen to be a band. Like they right. just need to have a good time. Hopefully it's with your music, but yes, but recording, recording is the, I agree. Like I was, I'm, I mean, I'm like, oh, this is not unique, but I'm just a Beatle. Like that's the Beatles, are my religion. And like nice. from day one, like the first time I had any like creative control in the studio setting, uh-huh. it was like that, like Paul McCartney quote for like, I think, um, it's for Revolver when he said this because someone asked him like it was like when they were doing backwards tracking or something for the first time uh-huh. and he someone was like why how are you gonna do that live and he's like who cares and then yes. that's like that's like <laughs> and that like when you like accept that and grasp that it's like a great feeling you know what absolutely I mean? yeah it's such also, a paradigm like, shift you know yeah it is and like one of our like we got a song called Spook Light. And it's kind of like an orchestral thing, yeah. On record, but and like incredible live, harmonies and stuff too. So. <laughs> yeah, we got lucky. We got a really cool singer to work with us on that. Um, her name's Karis Waltman Davis. Um, nice. For anyone looking around, but she's in Florida, I think. Um, but on live, it's like kind of a soft thing for a while, and then we go to the bridge, and we just kind of have a super cheesy would never in a million years put it on a record, like wannabe Journey-esque guitar solo duel. But live, it's fun. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I mean, it might be corny, but like on record, it would definitely be corny. And just like, 
I mean, the chorus is the same. So if anyone knows the words, they can still sing to it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't want to change stuff too much to where if you happen to have a fan, especially if someone, we're, we're a small band. Not a lot of people know our stuff. And if yeah. someone knows something, we don't want to just take the opportunity to sing along the way. But like, outside of that, there's really, it does not need to be the same, you know? Well, and it's like long but, intros and all that kind of stuff. They don't often fly very well in the streaming world. But again, live, you could do a three-minute intro, and if your performance is killer, it's like it brings people into the moment. In fact, we have a song called Time that's probably like three minutes and 34 seconds, you know, when you stream it. And I was just doing our set list yesterday, and it's probably sitting at about eight minutes when we perform it live. And it's because we start with, like, getting the crowd singing with us. And it's all acoustic, and then it transitions into the full band, and then it ends with a drum solo. And uh, we're actually we we got a, a special surprise. I, I'll I'll put it on here so the podcast people will know at least. But uh, uh, our our guitarist is somehow weaving in eruption at the end of it, and it, oh. it, none of it. Like I said, it, it would be like corny as shit if we did it. Like if try to stream yeah, that, but record, for some on record, yeah. But, but like I'd live. I think it'd be pretty awesome where like all of a sudden he just comes out and cause he, this dude can play like crazy and we're just like, yeah, I, you know what? Yeah, let's just let I've him heard. shine. Let's just do this thing. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> but yeah, that, I love guy. that. I didn't know that you said that was Paul McCartney said that or John Lennon. I think so. I think, I think uh, Paul said that. Okay. I, that, Paul said that. I love that. And it's funny cause in the studio we had to get to that point too. I think I had it in my head, like the whole, like, you know, like Tom Petty, where they did like 172 takes, like the full band, which is there's a beauty about that, too, where you're capturing like this moment. But then I love the stacking and the layering and see what the hell we can do oh, here yeah. and there. And oh, that stuff. How did you get into the production end of it? Uh, so. The Darters um, is kind of the reincarnation of an old project called Litchfield Mining Company, nice. which was just I like, like thank man, yeah, check them out. <laughs> <But> <laughs> insanely folky, really folky. Um, uh, kind of like a song, like the Litchfield thing started. There were a couple musicians I knew from my high school who were really, really, and just all around great musicians, but grew, grew up playing bluegrass. Um, they're both multi-instrumentalists, but I'd say they're primary. And if they listen to this and want to crucify me for it, that's so be it. But I'd say both <laughs> the primary is probably the fiddle or violin. Um, so they're doing all the orchestra stuff in college, but they're from bluegrass. And I'm like a folk guy. And so we had always talked about doing something when I got to college because um, they were a little older than me. And we did. And we started with that. And then I had always handled like the publishing um, for the previous projects I'd been in to like yeah. get them on Spotify and whatever. And I mean, as far as like third party platforms like CD Baby or DistroKid or whatever, it's not nearly as probably intense as like you would have thought before you'd ever like done it, you know? Like right. I remember when I, I was like, man, I probably could have like burped into a microphone for five minutes. <laughs> but if I paid the 30 bucks, they'd upload it. They will put and, that shit on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so kind of like we just, as long as the EQ is fine, but like <laughs> so kind of we just, the premise of the whole project was like, let's get all these like college musicians to play on these songs because why wouldn't they want to be on Spotify? You know what I mean? Just a quick program. Right. And it was a recording project for sure. Um, 
but then that was the first time I like helped with anything. I was not the producer for that, but that was the first time being in any remote production process. And then we had actually, I went to school at Pittsburgh State University. Um, right. And there is a facility there called the Bicknell Family Center for the Arts, I believe. I might be rearranging the order of that. Um, and they, their kind of big thing for that theater is it's pretty new and they have all this really nice audio and video equipment. And that was kind of their thing is like, they have like touring Broadway acts and other really big acts come through Pittsburgh, Kansas. Cause if they can get them into that facility, they can cobble them together. A really nice piece of essentially just good video and audio. Right. And so a couple of people I knew and who were with the group work there and we kind of like came to the realization that they had all this equipment that could essentially be repurposed for a studio setting. And we kind of pitched it to them and they're like, Hey, start a club on campus and you can do it for free. Um, and so we just spent a semester. We'd go in at about 5 PM, the producer and I, and then whatever musicians were there and we'd put them on the stage in a hallway and a stairwell behind the stage, wherever. And, run the snake because it's a, i mean it's a stage it's a theater um that's amazing wherever, they just gave you the and, run of it yeah i mean because the people were there i mean they worked there and it was having to be the head of staff that kind of he wasn't supposed to produce it initially but it kind of fell into his lap because people kind of kept shouldering it off and he was like that'd be awesome i'd love to produce um and so that and then after he graduated um and we got back together to kind of do another project Cause after you get like the recording bug, you know, it's like, holy cow, like that vision in our minds is like mm -hmm. actually a tangible thing now for someone that isn't in front of us just listening and right. also not like an iPhone recording. Like after that happens, I think you're toast. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. have to do it. And then, so we started DIYing it and we've been DIYing it since. And the starters thing is probably the first time we've DIYed it remotely up to par as far as like yeah. production quality um but well it's kind of lo-fi like but yeah the production to me sounds great with your the darter stuff like right. it really does and uh, i'm getting yeah. a, a definite like head in the heart kind of vibe uh from yeah, that i don't yeah. know if that's a, a group that's an influence for you or no, not for but... sure like a indie folk sort of thing just kind of yeah but yeah i mean and so i don't know we i said earlier like a lot of us are like engineered with i mean this is the 18th project for everyone in the group you know and <laughs> that's kind of how it goes but i've had some players sticks. where they they call themselves the band whores because we had one <laughs> one bass player who was in like seven bands at one point my drummer i think is in uh i think four or five bands right now and uh it's it's hilarious because his name's uh we call him d cole and we talked about he, he talked about having a d cole festival where he has all an entire bands. night of all of his bands and uh, it. I, it'd be really fun because each one is drastically well not i would actually i would say fairly different like each one's got its own what are they like, i mean but, i know what you guys um, are he's so obviously run with it uh he's in yeah. a group called cat king uh well it's uh, it's Cat King Band or Cat B King. Uh, she's that... a brilliant, brilliant songwriter. Uh, and she does her own production too. And it's, it's killer. Uh, so yeah, what, I think what it's... What sort of stuff is it? What sort of stuff is it? Uh, it's like, 
it's uh like indie pop i would say for lack okay. of better term it's got a heavy she's got heavy like um i'm looking it up right now to make sure i i'm yeah so it's just cat king on spotify okay, but cat king. heavy uh like 80s influence in some of her stuff don't want to lose uh is yeah she's phenomenal and then there's another band called redder moon which is a little more like um alt rock kind of vibe i don't know if they have stuff up yet let me see here yep they're up there as well it's awesome so redder moon and then he's in a wedding band like a wedding party band that they do like non-stop 50 minute like medleys like literally oh, wow. doesn't stop there it's fascinating to watch they're a badass like wedding band i hey, think they just got wedding, voted like wedding steps oh hell yeah it is <laughs> and uh i think he yeah i think they even just won like best wedding band in the city or something and it's led that's by awesome. oh damn it amanda mcneil is the front uh of that and she leads it she developed it and she is a brilliant leader as well uh, so we we joked about having all three original bands go first and then having like the end of the night just being like two yeah. hours of like dance party <laughs> kind Co- of shit. yeah cover medleys that'd be amazing it, yeah. it'd be a, it'd be awesome but but yeah definitely check them out so yeah no i i've written down yeah. what's thinking, what I, is your process oh go ahead no no i was gonna no i i was gonna ask you something i want to ask you if this is okay like yeah it's like a leadership thing Cause we're just figuring out, I mean, this is our first time going on the road and all that sort of thing. Right. How do you go about it? Cause I mean, if I assume you, I mean, from what I've heard, you seem to be the guy making things happen as far as leadership Try to. stuff. Yeah. And what's the story with like the breakup and the return? If that's okay. Like our, and talk so the band that. itself. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, so, was, yeah. If that's okay to talk about. Yeah, Absolutely. Say? Yeah, so it was basically is a lot of hard lessons learned uh, along the route. Uh, so for us, the band had really, I had left my full time, I'd like the full time job, you know, um, like 401k, health insurance, okay. all that uh, to go full time with the band. And we have four kids, my wife and I. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, awesome. but she's incredibly supportive. She was actually the one who's always kind of encouraged me to keep keep going. Um, and then, and so from there, we, we had about two years of just playing and touring our, uh, EP had come out. We had seen some really great success, went and played, you know, overseas doing all that stuff. Uh, but what happened was I'm looking at like the money coming in versus the money I knew that we needed to get to like the next level and all the things that needed to happen. And essentially like at the time I didn't recognize it, but now in reflection, I, I freaked the fuck out. Like, I was like, this, I'm not going to make it. Like, I can't, we took all of our personal money and invested all of it uh, into the band because we believe in it. You know, my wife believes in it. Yeah. And and here I was, you know, seeing such really cool success with the band and all the guys were bought in. But then I saw this huge chasm that felt like if I jumped, I wasn't going to make it. And then okay. I would also drag my family down into the canyon with me all the way to the bottom. Because <laughs> uh, essentially yeah. I got, I ended up getting, uh, receiving a letter from a lawyer that said, if you don't pay, it was like $5,000 in the next two weeks, we're going to repossess your home or foreclose yeah, on your home. Oh, wow. And it, it was just like, yeah. I had all these things like boom, 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 hit me. And I'm kind of an all or nothing guy on everything, which I'm learning how, how to leverage that in the right ways and learning how not to affect, let it affect me. 
but because of that tendency, again, this is all reflection now that I didn't yeah, see it this yeah. clearly then. So what I ended up doing was I was like, well, we can't, I can't jump across that Canyon. So I just need to quit and I need to let the guys go do what they need to do. And I need to go get a real job, grow up and be an adult quote unquote <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and do this. So that's what I did. I ended the band. Uh, said, thank you guys, but I can't do this. And I didn't feel like I could pay them well enough, all these kind of things. Um, and so over the next, like, like, I, I would say like year and a half, I tried to do like just the, I, I worked in landscaping, thought about buying into a landscaping company. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've had like a roofing company and all sorts of shit in the, in the past, but it was my wife, actually, we were drinking, uh, we were just taking shots of whiskey all night and just talking one night okay. <laughs> and she, like in the middle of a bottle, she basically looks at me and she's like, like, I know you can do this. I know you can figure this out. Like, let's just try to figure it out, you know? And, and so, and I think she could tell, you know, as we've processed together, she could tell I was just unhappy. And so I tried to do the solo thing. Damn. And I started hey, doing also, a, is that going to, is that still going to be a thing? I, so I am going to be doing solo. Most of my solo stuff is like private events and like, you know, cover stuff at like wineries, that kind of thing. But I, I think there's a bulk of writing that I have that's not going to fit the run with it sound, uh, that, but my, my main focus now is with run with it. But as, yeah. as I'm recording and writing and stuff, if I'm like, Ooh, this isn't a run with this song, but I want it to come to life. I'll go put it on my little solo thing. So it'll be kind of gotcha. from a, from an original standpoint, it'll be more like back burner. And then, yeah. uh, and then just keep some of my solo shows as far as, you know, I play like hotel lounges, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but, but yeah, so I tried the solo thing. I toured, did that, and then started releasing music. And then it was actually, basically this last fall, I was coming out of the studio, getting ready to promote new tracks, uh, working with Matt Richards, which is now run with this guitarist. He was not part of the original okay. lineup. And, uh, and I, I started, essentially I started sharing, I went to all of our old social media with the band and started messaging old fans, like people who had conversed with us, like not like spamming, but like people who we've really had like online conversations with. And I was saying, hey, here's my solo stuff. Uh, I'd love for you to follow this. And what happened was, is fans started sending videos. They were like, hey, remember when you came to my campus this year? Hey, remember when you did this? And it was like, it was literally us like performing on their campuses or performing at a festival. Or they're like, hey, I still got my T-shirt. And they like had to run with this shirt or sharing their bracelets. Because if you, uh, Daniel Cole started our run with it cult is what we started calling it. But it's our street team. <laughs> and okay, uh, he, he, was, he was brilliant with it. We called it cult because he basically you couldn't just sign up. You had to do a bunch of like uh, things to be part of it. So like, and, and some of it may have uh, involved vandalism, but... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it was basically he was like sending stickers out and they had to go put it around their city uh, okay, so we started yeah. we started getting like snaps from people in germany and like uh in brazil like all over the place from our street team um that's but, a good idea that's but then idea. each each thing they did we would send them some kind of gift and so he they had bracelets was one of the main ones and people were sharing those and and it hit me i was like man we really created something bigger than what like th bigger than just me and I could yeah. tell, like it, it meant something to them. And so that's where oh, as far I made as the call. The band, like run with yeah, it, the, like, the band versus, itself. Yeah, okay. And so that's where I was like, you know, I'm going to release these new songs. Why don't we just figure out how to make this work? And that's where, so Daniel Cole, our drummer was able to come 
in there. And then uh, we got, I added Matt as a guitarist. Um, and at, at that time, our bass player, our the bass player that was with us and what we called Run With It 2.0 ended up not working out for him to come back with right. us. But we're in the process of, of finding different people uh, as far as bass players go. But um, and we'll have some fill in people, but, but yeah, that's kind of the, the story. And I, like, for me, I think one of the, some of the biggest lessons as I reflect one was, I, I love what you said is like, you have this goal of making sure you're spending less than you're making, you know, where like I overextended ourselves and I didn't have financially, I didn't protect apart from my family. We just put all of our money in, which okay. then, you know, at the end of the day, cash is oxygen. It allows you to keep moving yeah. forward, yeah. especially when yeah. you, you know, as you get older and have a family, all that kind of thing. It's like, it's like I needed to protect that part. It's like, okay. And then the other one was just, it doesn't always have to be all or nothing. Like, <laughs> because I'm an yeah. all or nothing kind of guy. Like some things I honestly, a conversation, if I could do it over again, what I would have said is, Hey guys, I got to fix this. I got to fix this financial thing. So here's some things we need to do. One, I need to pause for a little bit just and get like a regular job to catch up financially. Let's keep rehearsing, maybe do some one-off shows, keep writing, but I got to pause from the touring and then, and then renegotiate how we do pay in the band. Uh, essentially just saying like, we're like now it kind of goes gig to gig. Hey, here's, here's the actual financials and I can pay you guys this much you know, for this particular gig and, and really kind of negotiating all those terms so that everyone, everyone feels happy, but I'm also not overextending the band itself as a business. So, so yeah, that, no, that was awesome. a, a long well, answer yeah, to your question. Open. But no, no. <laughs> I, well, that's, well, like, like I said, I listen and like, it's alluded to, you know, and I like had an idea of the general timeline, but if it wasn't overstepping, I thought I'd ask. No, but yeah, it's good. Thanks for sharing. But yeah. Yeah, no problem. And and, and I've been nice. deep in thought about it as we've we fire back up because I'm like, what are the good things and what are the things that I need to make sure as a leader, like at the end of the day, it falls on me. And so, you yeah. know, what are the what are the mistakes that I can learn from in that process? And like that, yeah. What you said as far as like the all or nothing stuff, that's like I don't know, it's weird, like it seems like there's a cutoff. And I hate to say it's like an age, but it seems like the just musicians around my age seem to just think of it a lot differently than like, you know, you grew up reading about or like as far as all or nothing. And like, right. Like, so, cause some of my favorite bands, like, like the Strumbellas, mm -hmm. big folk rock group, like, yeah. Um, I haven't listened to him in a while. I, yeah. I actually, I'm glad you said him. I'm going to have to like revisit that. Anyways. <laughs> I, I just remember I, and I might, don't quote me on this because maybe I'm wrong, but I was like reading some about him and they all had like, most of them, they all had full-time jobs. A few of them went to university, a few of them didn't, whatever, just regular right. stuff. And they had been working on it for a while and like, they just calculated it and eventually it's like, hey, it's gonna pay. We'll be full time musicians now. Versus yeah. like, you gotta quit your job. You gotta <laughs> go on the road. You gotta get a van. Like, yep. You know, and just trying to like balance that, um, because like, essentially like, me, I want, I want the project to like be given the project that which I'm with which I'm involved to be given all the chances it deserves. You know what I mean? Right. As far as no stone unturned type of deal. And 
obviously a part of that. Like, obviously, if it can fund itself, it's going to do better as far as building a better product. And then if it can, like, if we can profit from it in any extent, sure. But it it just, just the juxtapose of opinions on like, you're, you're fake if you're not, if you're not, I don't know, living out of your car. Yeah. (laughs) You're a poser if you're not starving to death and living off a cheap ass beer tickets. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and then like, then like some other people are like, well, why the hell did you quit your job, man? Like, right. Worked on the EP or whatever. And not, not in your case, just in general. And it's like, trying to figure that one out. And then another part of that's like DIY. Like we're really lucky to be DIY. And we've kind of always just like, there's been a circumstance around where we could kind of hijack some equipment for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. We got to use it. But I mean, someday that might not be there, you know? And, and I've always wanted to work with a producer like now that like, I've got more opinions on stuff. I mean, we're all like, everything we do is we engineer it all and produce it all right now, but yeah, but the budget of DIY is amazing. Like absolutely. And just well, the things you can create freedom, now. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have like, this is also due to sloppy scheduling on my part, but like the first recording <laughs> from our like second single um, to our last is probably like three and a half years difference, you know? Yeah. And I think there are recordings from four different states and four different countries on it. That's amazing like, though. It's cool. Yeah. It's nice. And it, but it's, it's nice because it doesn't sound like crap. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it sounds right. great, but like it's no one would know you know exactly (laughs) that's the thing is no one would know um as long as you i mean one time so when i was in europe and covid happened i had been out of malta and i was on a plane back to malta and the alarm bell for covid went off while we were in the sky we landed and i got like we got off the plane and they were like all you people from where you're coming from i was coming from spain like all the spaniards got to go back all you people were supposed to be in malta like here are these masks. You guys got a quarantine. And I got to where I was staying, which was essentially like a dormitory-esque type of deal that doubled as a hotel um, for, for uh, foreign students. They, uh-huh. Like took me out of my room, put me in a different room far away from everyone. And it was like a suite. And so I took the masks off the beds and like there was a hallway with the bathroom and I wedged them in there and like made a sound booth and like just got some guitar tracks now. You so you got I mean? some like, benefit out of the 14 day yeah, exactly. quarantine in Malta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, but it's cool that that actually made it to the final cut. And not because we're like cool. dying to keep it. It's just like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, the fidelity is, you know, get to know your sound basics and get to know yeah. the level of fidelity you want and spend the 200 bucks on a mic and 100 on a interface and make it happen, man. You know? Absolutely. And, that's but, one of the producers I've worked with. His name's Josh Gleave, and uh, his his on, episode. He was on the cast, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. and just okay. brilliant. He he's more in just the songwriting world now. That's what we talked about. Like he still does some production, but uh, one thing he said that has always stuck with me, where he's like, anyone trying to make music, if you can't get a good sound out of like a three hundred dollar microphone, don't bother buying a three thousand dollar microphone. Yeah. He's like, you got to learn how, like with shitty equipment, if you can get like a beautiful sound he's like now you're ready to upgrade your gear because he's like the gear doesn't matter it's the talent and it's the honing those skills and and yeah that was a great eye-opener because when he made our record uh we were in the basement of an optometrist like 
place in now we it was funny because we we take breaks and walk out of the basement and studio b in nashville was literally across the parking lot so we're seeing like really? like tour buses literally pull up and like people are getting out to go into the studio to like it was like tour like uh tourists like just to see the history yeah of this just to place. see studio b yeah and we're like sitting there you know making a record in a basement across the <laughs> the parking lot but that was the thing is like he was getting incredible sounds and really launched his career out of this little basement you know thing next to hella expensive places but it it that didn't matter you know like super poetic also yeah i loved it i love (laughs) well and it's cool for me to hear that too because i think you know here's the thing i'm 41 and like maybe I'm weird, but I literally feel like I'm just getting started. Like, I feel like there's so much still ahead and especially the way the music industry is now, there's so many opportunities out front. So someone like you, like, how old are you? 20? I'm I'm 22. 22. Right. So it's like, I'm like the amazing opportunities that folks have like at that age, like, I wish I had the knowledge that's out there and available, you know, because there is so many yeah. ways, I think, now to make it financially viable. And then also the wisdom I think you already have of of saying, like, you know, we don't, don't have to follow that romantic notion of, like, living off of ramen and, you know, starving to death. There's a band called uh, Pomeroy that was kind of getting big for a while out here years back. And I remember meeting them and and they were telling me about the house they lived in and how their mom came to visit one of their moms and she literally broke in, down in tears because of like the the squalor <laughs> oh, <laughs> that they gosh. were living in and, oh, wow. and the reality is is you don't have to do that I, and i really think most of that is like was just a romantic notion that people sold uh out there as opposed to like a lot of the people i know making livings like in the music world are like they own their own businesses they're they're doing well they can you know enjoy yeah. life at the same time of pursuing this career yeah and i mean i am really lucky like it was really well off growing up really lucky but like it's as far as especially with like audio equipment um it's not like the human eardrum is evolving because like microphone qual- shelf quality is getting better you know what i mean it's like that's a great point you can only hear so much you know and it's not even it's like it's not even about what people hear it's about what they think they're hearing you know it's, yes it's a huge difference and that is and so like, true just the power of a doll like reaper or garage band like as far as free ones great oh yeah <laughs> and then i mean we're logic people but like as in logic the doll sorry that sounds yeah yeah I, i'm i'm running <laughs> i'm running logic all the time as well i didn't yeah. want to like i didn't want to take the time to learn pro tools <laughs> I'll let the producers we hire uh, do that. Well, man, uh, for the last two questions of the podcast, uh, based off of Live and Create, uh, I'll start with that first one. So for you right now, how would you define living a great life? Probably just making sure your relationships are where they need to be, including and like mostly the one with yourself. Um, and then probably that other stuff that from the beginning, it's not about money, but if, if you are like plummeting with no signs of getting back up, you're probably going to run into a wall. Um, but the biggest thing is definitely the relationships with the people you prioritize and like, I'm, I'm like, I've gotten better at it, but like, I'm still not good at it. Le- at it like i'm about to call somebody 
or I just think someone pops in my head because I, I don't a lot of great friends I will never see again. You know what I mean? Unless it's yeah. just passing by. Um, and that's the same with everybody. But it's like, why wouldn't I call them? You know what I mean? Um, and then obviously the relationship with yourself is probably the other one. I, lo- yeah. I love your focus of relationships because in reflection for me, almost any good thing that's ever happened in my life, like even success, money, any of those things, usually it was rooted in some kind of relationship. You know, and it's it's such a powerful, powerful thing. Um, yeah, and it's interesting, like thinking about wealth, and it's like we often get so focused on like the financial end of it, but like I think of like wealth in the sense of relationships. Like, what's how wealthy are you with your relationships? You know, how wealthy yeah. are you in your mind? How like in the sense of like mental soundness? Do you have a wealth of you know, um, like solid emotional health <laughs> and, yeah. and do you, do you have a wealth in, in your own body and taking care of yourself as well? So yeah, it sounds like yeah, you're, sure. you're well on the way to cultivating that kind of wealth. I love it. Yeah. Need to, we'll just say, but, but yeah. <laughs> and then wait, the second one, I know it is, um, it's what's creating great things, right? Yeah. Like how would you define creating I, great things? I've got, you, a have, notes, you have been listening. That's awesome. <laughs> I've got a notes and I don't know why, <clears throat> I just put some talking points that might come up. I didn't That's all good. take any time to premeditate the actual two questions to get everyone at the end of the podcast. <laughs> um, creating great things. I can only speak for music. Um, but it's probably like the same. Um, and I'm sure I'm ripping this off of somebody. I just can't remember who. Um, but it's definitely about, um, and like I said, I'm probably ripping this off, about removing like the real world obstacles between your art piece and your vision so with music maybe Mm. it's production maybe it's songwriting ability maybe it's playing ability maybe it's whatever getting as many of those out of the way they're never all going to be out of the way i don't think but if your vision and it's not like you hear the song as much as you feel the song sure you like hear it but like right is just yeah getting that to match like and really like the founding premise of any band who's ever going to put something on record needs to be like the song comes first and i don't really see that like i don't think that's negotiable i guess you know yeah um but probably that yeah getting those getting those obstacles out of the way between what comes out at the end of the artistic process and what vision was or that's awesome what you meld together i guess yeah i love that definition that's huge. And I think that's applicable even down. Like we, we started out talking about the idea of practicing, you know, it's like, if you're not proficient, you may have a vision, but that art's never going to get there a lot and and equipment, all those things, man, that's huge. Well, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to make a joke and say, unless you find someone better to play it for you. Uh, (laughs) That is true. And that's, that's that's definitely, that's my (laughs) go-to. Well, that's like now I used to be the lead guitarist in the band. Uh, and now that Matt Richards has joined the band, I'm like, all I do is play, I'm like, anytime I can now I'm putting down the guitar live. I'm like, I'm yeah. just putting it down and I'm going to jump around and sing. That's my strength. So, uh, exactly. but let everyone know how they can connect with you and, uh, connect with your music. Yeah. Uh, I'm Brooks Neria, B-R-O-O-K-S-N-E-R-I-A. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, but I'm never really on Facebook. 
I just use it for the easy login. Um, and then, but you need to list, you need to go check out the darters. The, and then dart, as in throwing dart, ERS at the end. So D-A-R-T-E-R-S. Um, and we're on, we're on Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen. And then on Facebook, I believe, where the dart is music. Um, awesome. But yeah, go check us out. And hopefully, if anyone's listening, we'll be in your neck of the woods. Boom. Um, this summer, but yeah, yeah, That's I appreciate awesome. it. You know, I was super no happy about this, man.
Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.